Welcome to another episode of Coffee with a Roach, the Lazy Sidecast, with me, your host, Tommy the Roach Lucero. Today I get to talk to good friend and comic, Corey Riojas, the producer of Oceanside Brewing Comedy Shows. He tells us about the show coming up on the 29th, the day after my birthday this month, and he's going to let me host it, so thank you very much, sir. Greatly appreciate it. Check him out on the internet's stand-up loner on the Instagrams and Twitters. Also check out Dad's Elixir on the dot-coms. They got all your THC and CBD infused needs and wants. Those are my good friends, so check them out. You'll be very, very happy you did that. Also check out the back episodes of this show on Spotify and all the streaming services, as well as 40 Ounce to Funny comedy shows, both virtual and live, coming back very soon. So make sure and sit back and enjoy my good friend Corey on the coffee. Coffee with a Roach, another episode here with good friend Corey Riojas. Hey, extraordinaire producer of comedies shows and uh all around good guy great story behind this kid he uh has overcome some shit as far as like health stuff and i relate with him on that level but his is a little deeper it's a little more interesting than mine because i don't think his was brought on by just being a lush so <laughs> that's always good stories to hear people overcome that kind of shit but uh, as always, oh, thanks, Tommy the Roach Lucero is your host again. This episode is brought to you by none other than Passion Fruit Swisher Sweets because the guy at the liquor store was out of every other flavor. So we're going to get this <laughs> started. How's it going, Corey? Yeah, I'm doing really well, honestly. I've been, uh, I've been working you know, my day job through COVID um, the entire time. And so financially, I know I feel very blessed, man. You know, like everybody's got a day racket, you know, when they're trying to make something happen with the arts, you know, as it were. And uh, I've been in the pool industry for about five years now. And uh, it's been sustaining, man. You know, it was like, that's, you know, I've been very blessed and thankful and, uh, you know, trying to just stay on like on the positive side through all this, you know, so I feel good. Not too positive because then you got to fucking quarantine yourself. True, true. I did walk right into that one. <laughs> I'll get it. I'm gonna admit that. Thank you for softballing that to me, Corey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, man. But yeah, I'm glad you asked me to come on. So thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, dude. I always like to talk to my comedy friends that are actually, you know, fun to talk to, people that I like to talk to and spend time with and be around. And you are that small handful of people. So. Yeah, definitely. I had fun going to some of your shows. I liked uh, the cafe uh caffeina one that you're doing yeah right? man yeah that was I, cool uh, yeah i try to fucking uh do the same thing with the podcast as people i have on that i do for the booking of the shows and stuff same cheers. kind of idea cheers sir yeah. blink with a blunt to the uh webcam there there's no other way during quarantine times my friend <laughs> no there isn't it was like three months right three months was like the solid quarantine thing where uh, nobody yeah. was really opened up and shit. I didn't yeah. notice until the first month ended because I was so goddamn hot. <laughs> you're lucky uh, though, yeah. man, because you just got to work through it, right? What do you, uh, or what do you do? You know, give people uh, an idea of the adventures of the court. Dude, all right. So people think that working in the pool industry is just 
hanging out around some lonely housewives while they stare at you cleaning their pool and like eventually seduce you, right? That's the dream. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole lot more people who bought houses who don't realize how much of a luxury item that is just being like pissed <laughs> that like you're like, okay, that's $95 an hour. I'll be there shortly, you know? <laughs> so so it's, uh, it's stuff like that. I, uh, I'd sell services to people like on a regular basis, go to houses, give estimates, be like, this pool is all messed up. We're going to have to do a bunch of stuff, whatever. And that's my grind, man. I go out, uh, break down what's wrong, fix it, and, uh, and make people happy about their super expensive thing in their backyard. Have you gotten to build any kind of pools for uh, skateboard purposes? I haven't, no, but we do have one person on account who has a skating pool on their property adjacent to their normal pool. And for new guys, we have a note that they'll see that pops up on their phone that says like, don't worry, the pool's not empty, keep going. (laughs) You know, because there's a skateboard pool, the first thing you see when you walk in. So that's pretty fun. I'm I'm just skating, man. How long have you been doing that, the pool thing? Uh, like five years off and on. I left to go do sales, uh, went and did sheet metal, and I have like plenty of scars, bro. Um, I got like this, I don't know if you can see it, but basically I got like these scars right here on my knee from a grinder blowing up on me. Uh, and I realized that I'm just not cut out for that stuff, man. That's like some straight up <laughs> man work, dude. <laughs> That's uh, not easy shit. We've all had to spend at least like one summer the lucky ones anyway have gotten to spend at least one summer doing some good manual labor and it it definitely will mature you in uh in simple things man i love i love the idea of any sort of work environment that's not entirely indoors you know i mean especially think about right now like even if what i did was considered essential it would suck to still have a job if like i was trapped indoors doing something you know like I get to go out and be outside and uh, go into these ridiculous properties. I'm talking like you walk in, you're like, okay, this is like not just a doctor. This is like, you know, the person who owns a hospital kind of money, you know, <laughs> like it's cool. I get to see some stuff, man. It really gave me the kind of the belief that I could start a show and there's enough people like with like, cause I came from scarcity. Um, you know, when I first around the time I first came back home, I was born and raised in this area, moved to Arizona for some life experience. And then I came home, but I was in like a lot of scarcity because I blew all the cash I made when I lived out there. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then I come back and I have to kind of fight that off and experiencing in that field of work, you know, wealthy affluent people, you know, club members and et cetera. I'm like, there's more than enough business to go around, you know? How long, uh, how long after that did you start doing comedy? Cause that's a, that's a, that's a noble bit of work, man. Cause that's fucking not easy. Any of that shit you were just talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's just what, you know, what you experience by trying to get through life as a person, you know, get a job, figure it out, realize you're either good at it or you're not. Mm-hmm. But then comedy came when I moved home in 2014, I started doing comedy almost immediately after I moved home in May. Um, I looked up the Madhouse and um, the other places around, but the first place I ended up going was ACC, and back then it was when Jimmy Calloway was hosting it, so it was like 
the perfect environment for somebody new, you know, it was a, it was a raffle. As far as I know, they ran it, um, they ran it, you know, pretty fair. And, um, you know, it was just like, you get up or you don't, but either way you show up and you get to see other comics and experience a room, like a decently ran room. That's a great fucking uh, outlook to have on it because I've talked to people before that would just get pissed because uh, they would know the person one way or another that was running it and would expect favors and they wouldn't get called up. They want to be just given uh, preferential treatment kind of thing. And your outlook on it is how I feel you should probably look at that kind of thing, man. Because even though, even if you're not getting up, you're still getting a good uh, perspective and someone's teaching you some shit. Whether it be Jimmy, who's f- great on stage. If you if you ever get a chance, anybody listening, go see Jimmy Calloway next time he's on a, on a show. But uh, that's a- You're totally right. He, he just teacher. really, he finds a space and he'll just carve it the hell out. And it's just awesome to see a comic that can do that. And um, I'll tell you a story. Speaking of like, you know, I was talking about it being fair and whatnot. Um, I totally got needy one time and like asked, you know, I bugged Jimmy, you know, I was like still new, still young, like baby face, like I still am, you know, but like, I'm like coming up to him and I was like, oh yeah, having a good time. And he's like, you know, I could see that I brought some people or whatever. And I was like trying to be subtle, like, uh, like hopefully he notices or whatever. And then finally I just like asked him you know? And, uh, he was super nice to me and he's like, no, sorry, rules or whatever, but firm, you know? Uh And I was like, cool, you know? And like, but like, you know, he's older than me. So I respected, I was like, Oh, okay. Damn. You know? Uh, (laughs) and I was the next name called like one or two names next or whatever. And, uh, so afterwards he, he informs me that it was luck of the draw and that he didn't pull any strings. And he gave me like an Italian mafioso, like slap on the face, like, you sound like you're a good kid kind of thing or whatever. And I was just like, all right. <laughs> like, but it was cool. Cause it definitely made me feel like I, you know, I was like recognized and known, you know, people don't do that if they don't at least feel like they know you to a certain degree, you know? So that was kind of my welcoming to the San Diego scene. Kind of, I feel like getting a little slap from Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, man. How, how long is that now? How long? One more time, man. What was it fucking uh, 2014. So it's 2020 now. I'm coming up on like five to six years, you know, but I will say one thing, you know, I haven't been one of those guys trying to full time it. Um, you know, I've I like the first two and a half years, I went every week to multiple open mics so I could get my chops up and really understand. And I was excited, you know, and then I had a kid that became much more challenging. Um, but you know, I still feel passionate about it and like to break everything down to how I ended up to where I am. It really came to one moment. Um, somebody came into the brewery I was bartending at, um, and knew that I was, you know, kind of funny and whatever and doing stand up. And I told them about the challenge of, uh, you know, balancing time with all the new life constraints or whatever. And he's like, you need to reach out to somebody who's ahead of you in the game, who knows something and is willing to talk to you. And I did that by um, reaching out to Zoltan, uh, Zoltan Kansas. I always mess up his last name, but um, yeah. And he was nice enough to have a cup of coffee with me. And he just enlightened me to like, have you ever thought of hitting this from another angle? 
you know, and that mm -hmm. advice really resonated with me where he's like, we thought about doing your own show and I literally said not at all. Not once did that even cross my mind, you know, and just by somebody offering a different perspective who's seen more and, you know, is also good at the craft, you know, I, I took that not with just a grain of salt, but with like, you know, more than an ounce of respect and ran with it. And, you know, over two years, I, before COVID happened, I hit like just past two years with uh, Laughs and Oceanside. Mm -hmm. And uh, dude, such a cool venue, man. Such a cool space yeah. for comedy. That's a beautiful, beautiful fucking venue, man. Uh, the times that I've been there, both both fall down drunk and uh, <laughs> literally fall down drunk. And, Dude, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was honestly, now, that was one of the loudest noises I've ever heard at that brewery. <laughs> that, um, when you I hit that little though, elevated I, like, platform and didn't see it. I did, I did make it to what I will define as being a professional alcoholic drunk by uh, falling down, but not one drop was spilled out of that cup full of gold. I, I remember so, that. I distinctly so remember that. When I hit the ground, and I still held that up. So, you know, uh, pat on the back for old Tommy. There we go. Yeah, no, I was surprised because I remember we talked shortly after and you had told me you're pretty rocked from it. And I was like, how? You got up so quick and had your beer full, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, no. Professional. professional level. Professional level, dude. Yeah, man. You go right until you got to retire. That's what I do uh, with everything. You're forced. Yeah. You're forced to by a doctor's orders, you know? Nice. <laughs> Well, then you, you, it's permission, right? And that's what we really want from life is we want to get permission, right? <laughs> yeah, permission. Per permission from somebody that has a degree. <laughs> right. And during the conversation, you even asked the doctor, so what, like maybe a month, two months? And all they reply with is, I strongly suggest you don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. With the same I, I, kind of uh, weight behind it. <laughs> no, it, it's cool that you're able to handle it, man, honestly, because I I just don't have, um, like, uh, I'm not a creature of habit, right? And so anything that I find, like, addictive or anything that kind of, like, really sucks me in will only ever have my attention for so long before I literally just move on to the next thing, like, mentally, you know? Where I'm like, oh, like Coke, you know, and then I'm just like, okay, like I'm not, I don't want to be uppity anymore, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a, that's a wild train to be on. That's fun, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, friggin' growing up in uh, this area, where did you grow up? Ocean Beach. Okay, yeah, so you grew up roughly in this area. Yeah. Where even if the people aren't in the ocean floating, their liver is in the bar. All right, all right. Is there a lot of, well, shoot, I don't know. I've only ever been down there, like, when it's packed in summer, honestly. I always pick the worst well, time to go down. Yeah, man, when I uh, when I turned 21, that's where I went out to, because it was just, like, a couple blocks down to go to that bar row on Newport. Right. And just, that started a, a good career of blackouts. Yeah. More Dude, blackouts wanna, than California um, during a really hot summer. 
Dude, if you ever want to experience that, dude, go out to the bar scene in Scottsdale, Arizona. Good gravy, dude. If you want to do some sightseeing of some mess, like just straight up mess people, having a grand old time, might I add you, go there, dude. It's like everybody wants it so bad to be L.A., and it's not. I mean, it's all just like cycling nightclubs but it's cool because they have gas powered golf carts that run on tips basically they'll just pick you up and buzz you around and you just tip them in the old town yeah they can drive it's uh because the speed limits all in the area are below some mile per hour so they can operate and it's dude i did it i did it and banked 300 dollars one night and i went like i clocked out at one i did it from like eight to one in the morning and i made like 300 bucks in tips dude it was sick in arizona yeah dude Man, yeah, I was like, out there a couple of times when I was, <coughs> excuse me, dying. <laughs> but I was out yeah, there a couple of times when I used to drink. If I had known that then, hindsight, I would have made it to an Arizona prison. Yeah, I don't know if it's still there, but they have um, a little comedy club. I think it was just called like the open mic or the mic spot or something like that, right? In the old town area across the street from where I used to work. Um, and that kind of was one of the things I kept looking at. I kept looking at when I lived out there and it wasn't until I moved home that I was really like in my comfort zone enough, I guess, to like give it a shot, try comedy. Calling you. What I was doing. Dude, was comedy, what, who's, who's like when you were younger, who's a comic that stood out to you that just stays in your memory and kind of doesn't have to be your favorite, but somebody who sticks with you. Uh, when I was, uh, like seven or eight years old, I was over at a relative's house or something like that. And they had this videotape of Rodney Dangerfield Outlaws of Comedy. Mm -hmm. And the one that stuck out in my mind was, uh, of course, Rodney was there. But far beyond that, at the time when I was a kid, was uh, Sam Kennison. All right. Yeah, yeah. I remember he, I, I used to stay up late and see them selling his best like CDs and DVDs yeah. or whatever. I remember like, buying that. <laughs> dude, yeah, dude. The freaking the the commercial was literally like 30 minutes of just like ah, 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 like all the cuts yeah, to him yeah, screaming, yeah, like all of his yeah. <laughs> Don't like, ever no, tell any of his jokes. Now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of cocaine. But when I was a little kid, I was like hypnotized he's still amazing and ahead of his time in so many ways amazing to watch but uh mm. as a kid he was just mesmerizing to me and my mom came in the room one time when i was watching that and she goes do you even understand what he's talking about and i go no but he's it just sounds so funny yeah <laughs> and i was only like yeah. seven or eight years old but uh that's dope dude yeah that's yeah. the one that even till today i still like to watch any kind of documentary about him in particular, and maybe like two other comics or comedic people. Yeah, dude, that's, How about that's you, man? so good, man. Huh? How about you? Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, um, for me, I don't remember how old I was, but um, Tommy Davidson used to be the, I think he was the original host of Premium Blend, if I remember yeah. correctly. And um, so I remember discovering him from that and then looking up like one of his specials or whatever and just that off the wall energy like i don't necessarily relate to that personally and like how i feel or like how i want to perform or whatever but dude i think it's hilarious i think that like those comics who can just go full out spaz like 
you know, making noises and like, you know, impersonations and stuff like, yeah, those yeah. people are something else, man. There's different types of comics that fit in different places, but those people full out spazzing, like telling a story by rubber facing and stuff. Like, I love that. Yeah. Jim Carrey or Robin Williams yeah. or like people like that. Yeah. Like, Tommy Davidson for sure. He's, he's underrated. I really think for, for where he like, falls in the like you know wherever the halls of comedy would be stored you know mm -hmm. definitely dude in living color man he was fucking legend that show you can was do what you want to do part man of, part of a color. cast that was never nothing like that was ever put together again that's yeah no not a cast of people what always gets me though is in living color in the credits it's james carey yeah isn't that cool <laughs> yeah, it's like old school before he when picked. He was still Jim. a little kid. He was still yeah. he was still a kid. Did you ever see? Uh, there was a movie he did called uh, Once Bitten, or I think it's that's what it's called. It's about a vampire movie. Once Bitten with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Is that like early nineties? Something like that. Something like that. Dude, I I don't know, man. I want to look it up now. He's in high school and shit. We're doing an interview, and I'm YouTubing this right now. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, well, I like uh, poorly acted bad movies. But uh, that's definitely a cult movie, like a cult classic kind of flick, dude. Especially oh, if dude. Like, like Jim Carrey. Thank you for reminding me of this. <laughs> I'm totally going to try to watch that. <laughs> no, um, okay, here's if we're going to go, go on vampire movies, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, mm -hmm. right? You remember when she stabs the dude, the kind of swarthy henchman dude, and he's in the hallway and he's like, eh, eh. "Oh hell yeah!" <laughs> he's like got his leg up and whatnot. Oh, yeah, and he's dude. Like kicking and pain or whatever, and it, yeah. dude, that one got me. That's Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Was that? Yeah, that's Pee Wee Herman, bro. Paul Rubens. That's a. It's another reason that movie is so awesome. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Pee Wee looks exactly like his mugshot throughout that entire flick. It's so awesome. Dude, that's my Pee Wee Herman, are you shitting me? Yeah, I shit you not, bro. Shit you not. There's so many reasons Jeez. that movie's awesome. And that's just one of them. <laughs> what? Dude, wow. Fucking, uh, now yeah, that's when we never found the fucking bike. Oh, yeah, man. So, and, uh, now, uh, now the dude that... Uh, Died not too long ago, Luke Perry from 90210. He's in that movie, playing basically the same character as in 90210. It's That's very so true. Awesome. Yeah, the days, the days of typecasting, man. So much. There's, I love fuck. I I love shit like that. Like all that useless trivia crap. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I watched every single episode of Angel. <laughs> it's uh, not so. This is one of those podcasts where you can proudly admit that kind of crap. I'm just going to say. I, you know. I have watched, I've watched all those too enough to where I can form an opinion about the storyline and the story arc. About, oh, yeah, definitely. About, uh, I, just Angel. I feel some Angel. type of way. Yeah. Like what? They left the last episode of that show. Such a letdown. Did you see the last episode of that? Well, so it's it's like the apocalypse or whatever, and his son, and uh, it's just open ended. I don't remember, dude. Honestly, it's, it's all I remember like is that so, like it's almost enough that it uh, dwarfs the entire memory of the entire show for me. 
Like yeah, it's such a letdown. What dwarfs the entire memory of the show for me is the oh. violin intro to the show and the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> did, did you ever watch uh did you ever watch uh Charmed? <laughs> I did, yeah, definitely. What was uh were, those shows were like back to back in an hour oh, yeah. and a half, like power hour kind of show, like block yeah. of shows, man. And uh, definitely I was not the demographic they were marketing to. Oh, I was a uh, pothead teenager in high school. That's definitely <laughs> the kids that were watching Angel and Buffy back to back. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe I guess I might not know. I don't know much about Hollywood and all the TV. I feel like I feel like that's who was watching. I mean, one of the subsets of people that were watching those shows is I mean, along with those, it's like all those weird ass shows that they used to put on in the 90s like those are all we're getting into the time frame around that time if we're talking about when angel was ending and stuff isn't that when like nip tuck like you know a year or two after that this one like nip tuck came out on fx remember fx was new (laughs) remember when fx was new yeah i remember that shit yeah that's crazy back in the day bro yeah like when i used to go to comic-con and meet all the actors that were on those shows and shit do you remember that we used to willingly, like without objection, just sit through commercials? Do you know, like we used to do that in mass? Like if you ever had cable as a kid, you know, like there are definitely times where you're just zoning, accepting all that coming at you. Not There's no skip ad in the corner, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's like, we live in a great time. I love seeing that skip ad and I hate seeing that will play after this ad. It's like what I hate is it makes you pick one or you have to sit there and wait and it'll pick for you. And you can't fucking just fast forward those. Those ones are on I think it's the I think it's on the Hulu. <laughs> okay. I was watching Always Sunny a little while ago. And right uh, before it starts, it's like, what uh, advertising experience would you want? And I it doesn't give you the option of none. It's just three different fucking commercials you can watch. Okay. I think yeah. that's because I get the uh, the bundle. Hulu, and I don't pay for uh, the live or something like that. But. All right, all right, yeah. They're like, uh, we'll give you a chance to like it, and you're like, I don't wanna, and they're like, you'll like it. <laughs> I'm not traveling anywhere. Why are you showing me air airline commercials, you assholes? Oh, you guys are indeed. dicks. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Have you uh, have you gone anywhere that's been that's you felt like a little sketch about a uh, about your surroundings in the latest climate of the world? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, dude. Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings. Dude, I showed up, I showed dude, up. Dude, on a Friday night, Buffalo Wild Wings is still a little, little suspect. <laughs> dude, it's like patio seating. Businesses can be outside, right? As long as you got food, you can be outside business. And I'm like, cool. And I show up to the door and they got half a Camp Pendleton just sitting in the benches right out the front door, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, when the first division is done, you know, maybe we'll get a table, but I can't just stand the there next division. to like, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but. No, that's you know, <laughs> what it is. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I walk in to see what the wait time is going to be like. And they're like, well, we have seven parties ahead of you and we've only got 12 tables. And I'm like, all right, that doesn't sound good. 
Um, so, you know, <laughs> so, like, where's to go? Where's takeout? You know, I got some takeout and bailed, you know, I was like, this is, I did not need to bring other people for this experience, you know? You know what my favorite thing is right now <clears throat> is uh, I went to LA not too long ago and there's spots in LA that right now they let the barber shops operate if they're outside. Also yeah. here too. So down here, especially, I was going up El Cajon Boulevard, and uh, there's a barber shop outside. Someone's getting their hair cut, and right next door is a Mexican restaurant with the person outside making tacos and shit out front next to the person getting their hair cut. So oh. wind blowing just right, you can get something special in your taco. Oh, no. Dude. I've yeah, seen that a some... couple times, man. And besides that most waiters look like a fucking welder right now when they gotta come take your order the fact that you can get someone's hair in your food from, from um there's too much going on man just do take well, out yeah but i've seen <laughs> it too where i've seen it where the barbershop has no front space and they're right out on the curb where the cars are passing them and it's like dude if a diesel goes by you're just gonna get smoked out like they just you know like blast by you you know like if they i don't know it's I, I do. do you tip I, I'm, I'm sorry situation? for laughing. But <laughs> do you still tip if you get totally blasted by some big ass like you know dually truck going by you in the you parking know, I lot? I understand. I understand the want to be back to normal and all that kind of thing. How how bad do you need a fucking need a goddamn grand slam? Like, dude. dude. Honestly, <laughs> if if. Oh shit! Do you think Denny's caused COVID? <laughs> if anything, <laughs> it was churches. Churches caused COVID. Possibly. I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten sick in a certain way a couple times from churches chicken. So. I think. Oh, churches chicken. I was gonna say that churches caused Denny's. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, you first need a community to serve, right? And churches build communities. Don't say they don't. No, I'm not religious. Don't um, make me spit spit take on my computer, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You'll do one later when you're all alone, too, I'm sure. Of course. I mean, after yeah. this long of a conversation with you, sir. Yes, I, yeah, I have a facial regiment, and it does not involve your semen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a squeegee for the monitor, man. We're not. What you can do is take Saran and pull it from top to bottom to block your screen and have a more interactive and safe connection with your monitor. So you're saying a dental dam for my computer. Yeah, but if you choose to do oral on your computer, I have a whole other set of concerns. You know, sometimes things get a little wild over here. Yeah, <laughs> you I can old... only see so much of that room, you know, that's what I'm saying. Oh, well, if you were to run a black light over it, man, it's a... Uh... All I'm saying, Tommy, is that it appears it appears that you have the desk facing the door in case somebody walks in, you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. It's not like I leave my door unlocked for no reason. Well, yeah, dude, okay. Best one, best masturbation joke I think I've ever heard was by David Tell. All right. You know, he says basically, like, if you get caught masturbating, first thing out of your mouth should be, go get help. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you know, just say, oh, wait, it's, uh, it's, uh, go get help. My 
my uh, my hand is attacking my penis or something like that. Yeah, yeah, dude. And my other hand I, is uh, rubbing my balls to distract. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. No, he's my, that's good. probably that's my favorite living comic. I think is David Tell. I I saw him live out at uh, Stand Up Live in Phoenix, and dude, it was mind blowing. And that venue is great. It's just orderly, just in machine shop, you know, like if you're looking for a crank it out experience date night kind of show, mm -hmm. dude, amazing venue. And then just David tell on stage is just like, he literally like went, looked at the drapes or the curtains or something. I'm sure he's done it a million times, but it was so like genuine and like random and like did a little like side bit when he wanted to like, I don't know, switch his pace or something. And I was just like dying, dude, like dying laughing at the simplest observation, humor, bullshit, you know? I saw him once over at uh, the Madhouse when they were at, excuse me, when they were at Orton Plaza. And uh, yeah. he did like a good seven minutes of just midget jokes. I'm sorry, little person jokes. LP jokes. LP jokes. Uh, LP I think Lincoln Park or some shit. Uh, oh, little people, yeah, well. little, person, little person jokes. They're like seven yeah. minutes long. And at one point he goes, I want to stop doing these, but I'm killing a guy in the back right now. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking absolutely dying. He's, he's amazing. And I know it's all pre-written. He is an amazing joke writer, but the way his delivery is just phenomenal. Amazing comic, dude. Yeah, no, there's, it's true. It's true. He's definitely up there. You know, another person that, you know, if if people don't know about him or they only know him from the Insomniac show that he used to do, you know, or whatever, they don't realize that his stand-up is just like, you know, he could literally hit the road at any point and just mop up rooms, you know, and now it'd be he easier. something he was lower. doing like uh, five, six years ago, and it's still going to murder the same way now. Yeah, his well, jokes know, are just so raunchy, uh, yeah, you know, transferable, like un, un, you know, uninhibited, you know, like, yeah. and just yeah. it's just fucking pure funny for the sake of a funny goddamn joke. And yeah, and rap. that's amazing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> beep -a beep -a, you know, <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, did you get a chance to see the Jeffrey Ross thing he did? That was funny as hell, too. Oh, he what is it? A roast? No, it's uh, another show on Netflix. Check that out. It's uh, Bumpin' Mites. Oh, right, right. I think it, it is in my list. Yeah, even if you're not a big fan of uh, Ross, hell, murders constantly. All right, here's right, I'm going to pivot a little bit since we're on a good line of comedy. How do you feel about Whose Line Is It Anyway when Drew Carey was hosting it? Good. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that stuff. Plus, I was a, well, I still am a fan of uh, the Proops. The Proops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wicked, and, smart, uh, super clever. Yeah. And, you know, Wayne Brady was great at improv, too. You know, uh, he could be cheesy, but he was great at that shit. It was real funny. It was always good. There's a great episode with Robin Williams, speaking of which. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that episode's a legend, dude. That show is. The uh, tippy top of that improv stuff, I would say. 
Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, the whole the whole cast and everybody they've brought on, it's it's dope. I was trying to do um, another one of the improv shows with uh, Paul Cross. Um, he wanted to do something in Oceanside, you know, and obviously Oceanside Brewery, Oceanside Brewing Company, everybody is a great place. Um, and, you know, the stage there would be perfect for it, you know, just COVID, baby. <laughs> COVID, <laughs> thank you. you know? uh, I've tried to plan a tour twice now. <laughs> since? Since the beginning? Uh, before it, like a week okay. before I was supposed to go out is when uh, I started, all this stuff started happening on the news. The way there was, oh, there's this virus and blah, 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 that it might cause a big disruption, but it's nothing to worry about right now. It's going to magically disappear. <laughs> yeah. And then it just kept going on, and all of a sudden, the, a couple of days before, I was like, I'm just going to keep going along with plans. It's going to keep going. And yeah. uh, a couple of days before, was uh, all of a sudden, shut down. Everybody stay home. We'll give you money to stay the fuck home. Not a lot, but we'll give you some. Yeah, definitely, dude. It's it, it's crazy the way that everything's happened. And, you know, I haven't even touched a comedy show or touched a mic outside of my being in my garage or at my cousin's house since everything started. Um, I might have to take that back because I think I remember one thing. But, you know, long story short, dude, like when it, when it all went down, it was just crazy because we all thought, you know, okay – every two years or every so often there's something that comes through and whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, we get through it, no big deal. And now, you know, I feel like I've should have been peak season for comedy, dude. Like literally people come out in the summertime, they travel, we get tourists around at the local mm -hmm. shows, seeing people. So like, I remember um, one time I went down to, um, to the madhouse uh their current location um before everything and i just ran into a dude at a bar because i stopped in for a quick drink <clears throat> traveling business type whatever took him to a comedy show you know he's like what are you gonna do i'm like oh i'm gonna go down and we'll see one of the shows single dude whatever and i take him out there and people don't realize like you can get a lot more exposure like in the summertime when like business travelers tourists and all that stuff might happen into a place dude like everybody's had a good open mic before where you're like, I don't know, man, that was just a sick night. You know, there was like a real audience, you know? I feel like uh, this year should have been a lot more stuff going on, you know? And I don't oh, mean yeah. uh, fucking dead people and giant ice boxes. I mean, Dude, like a seeing Mulan in the stuff. theaters. Oh, the theaters. <laughs> theaters are fucked. Yeah. There's like it changes like every couple weeks uh, about what they're trying to do to come back open and make money. It's, yeah, uh, and that that used to be one of my favorite things to do was go to the movies. And uh, now, me and Redbox are real familiar. I lost my screen. Hang on. Fine on this end, sir. Coffee with a roach. Find technical difficulties because we're in the future and we're back yeah <laughs> but uh yeah dude um wanted to definitely plug the show dude i want to mention that um since we're talking about shows um yeah august 29th um i'm doing my first show at oceanside brewing company since everything um and it's just been a trip you know especially with just recently uh comedy store and acc um 
you know, being asked to close their outdoor shows, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. Um, the way that that went down, you know I completely disagree with it. I heard about that. Yeah. The vice cops and shit. Well, you got to think about, they weren't able to properly articulate the reasoning behind it. Right. And they basically said that our intention in reopening outdoor space doesn't include you. Right. It's a tough time to basically say you're not part of it and you're not important. And also coming so close to everything going on, like politically and whatnot, you know, I would really think that suppressing people in a place like that, you know, when everybody else is like Buffalo Wild Wings with the freaking division outside, you know what I mean? Is okay. Right. You cannot avoid proximity in a lot of situations that they've reopened and still you got people painstakingly doing it and literally we're rocking on the fact that that was not within the jurisdiction of where we're working and that's the stress that i feel as somebody putting on this show right now because the same thing could happen up here with the authorities in this city in this part of the county right Mm -hmm. so it's very lenient up there about that shit are they um honestly they are um okay nobody there's no like so i'm in carlsbad the show is going to be in oceanside and um there's barber shops opening there's restaurants open everybody's out every weekend it's still the a community based in tourism that's trying to cling on during this whole pandemic issue you know we like anybody who runs an airbnb is boned right now you know, people who are like trying to sublet houses and stuff. There's been an exodus from California. You know, there's a lot of people that really need some people in here to stir the pot and move some money around. And, uh, you know, it's ironic that I'm saying that because I'm more so direct marketing this show so that I can keep it community small, right? I'm, I'm We're only selling 35 tickets to the show, right? And the occupancy at the place is 200 and we're using half of the square footage. So we cut it down to less than a quarter of occupancy. And, um, you know, and also we are including food and your first beer with the ticket cost to remain compliant with the outdoor serving food, you know, and like at a brewery, right? So we're checking all the boxes and literally the only difference with the night that we're having other than a normal business night is that we've reduced the occupancy and we have people speaking in front louder, you know, than anybody else, right? That's what a comedy is, right? Well, they'll be on a yeah. stage too, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We got a stage, the distance between comics, you know, I'm already, you know, we've been talking um, a lot with uh, the owner of the brewery about what's our best option for layout. He already did a ton to rework the floor plan. Like if you haven't been there, you know, it's, it's, you enter in this way, you order on this side, everything's wide open. You know, you've been in there. It's super airy, even in the indoor area through for the walkthrough, yeah. you know, but everything's going to be hosted outside. So it's just stressful seeing, seeing what everybody else is having to put up with and still trying to stay out in front and say, you know what, we can do it properly with yeah. compliance to everybody's concerns, you know? Yeah, I, I can't see anything wrong with what the fuck you're doing, but who am I? Stuff. Just a dude. <laughs> but you wear glasses, so your your opinion is more factually based than anybody else's without glasses. 
yeah, yeah. I can see a little clearer than most. This is true. And you're sober. Yeah, well. There's an election coming. Is there time to get your name on a ballot? My friend, uh, I've been campaigning that my entire life. Even when I didn't understand what the word campaigning meant, I thought I should be ruler of everything that I see. However, uh, proper authorities and my relatives and family totally disagree. All right. Well, you know what? Relatives and family, I like that. I like that. <laughs> they, they doubled down. They're like, we're, we're relating to you because we're your family. We're only kind of related to you. We're three yeah. times removed. However, we've heard you are not the sharpest pencil in the box sometimes. Yeah. So uh, even when you're not drinking, your decision making is a little, uh, little off sometimes. Yeah, they'd be like, I'm your father twice removed. By I'm choice. Your father twice. <laughs> you having control of a button that it makes anything explode is a little frightening. <laughs> Being pissed uh, off one day that I run out of creamer for the coffee or something stupid, you know? Dude, honestly, what's it like being the guy who didn't stock enough freaking diet, like Coca-Cola or whatever Trump drinks? You know, like, doesn't he drink, like, a bunch of, like, those cans, those little cans of Coke a day? They say he drinks, like, an absurd amount, like, seven a day or something. I got a feeling at this point he's got an insulin pump full of Diet Coke. I don't know how effective that would be on the sugars. <laughs> but, well, yeah. Diet. I'm no yeah. doctor. Yeah. But it looks like that could be possible from uh, what I yeah, see on them know. briefings. It looks a little, looks a little weird. Yeah. No, I keep waving out because I'm just like in my garage spot, but it's like humid as heck right now, dude. It's like super sweaty, so I'm not trying to close the garage up and have my little private space. No, I hear you. Uh, I have enough fans in here that it's like a fucking wind tunnel at all nice. times because it, it, it can get warm. It can get warm. Mm -hmm. Nice. So what are, you, what are your prospects on uh, you know getting shows again? It pretty much looks bleak because you're downtown pretty much, right? No, uh I'm still trying to talk to uh, out of town because out of town fucking folks still get in touch with me. Like the connects I have, but there's one up north, or a couple up north that I try to stay in touch with. And there at one point, the second time, well, uh, both times that I was trying to plan this fucking tour <laughs> that it got killed by the COVID mm -hmm. <laughs> and died. Uh, Ironically enough, it was called the Oregon Trail Tour, so all right, it was probably destined for uh, for death from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What did, uh, yeah, yeah both times on the way. A couple of venues that I was talking to, both times I was doing that. So I'm hoping that maybe they can have something outside and we can still get things going. Because if I get something I can schedule down the line, you know, you could schedule other shit leading up to it. Kaboom. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it just, uh, so uh, here's the thing to talk about is like, you know, we know that things aren't going to go back to normal, right? There's no going back to normal after this because we've, we've actually been practicing making it more awkward between each other <laughs> for the last four months, you know, it's like, okay, I can't see if you're smiling unless you have effective like emotion in your eyes. You know what I mean? And <laughs> so like, I just really want 
like to test the waters, you know what I mean? And do it with the most amount of care in what I'm doing, you know? And like, I really want other people to do the same because I feel like <laughs> moving forward. So like, I'm a type one diabetic, right? They say that I'm immunocompromised. So I'm more at risk when I get sick due like for future complications, et cetera. Right. I don't fully understand that because as long as I'm well enough to shoot up my insulin and watch what I eat, I should be able to handle it. Um, but then again, if I'm like, you know, uh, <laughs> it might be hard. Someone's but, well enough to shoot up anything. They should be well enough to get out there in the workforce, Corey. Yeah, and I do. I do. Slanging, slanging salt in the pools and telling people why they don't need to be sad about algae. Quit peeing <laughs> in your pool. Yeah, no, I'd... Well, dude, honestly, Is there a pools, chemical man. that you can put in a pool that it changes color when uh, people pee in it? The best, the best chemical you can put in a pool is fill dirt. <laughs> Seriously, just. But fill I've always it up. seen like on uh, on movies and stuff like that, and TV shows. Oh, people... so oh, so you can see people pee? Yeah. I have no idea if that's real or not. I've, I mean, I don't think there's a market for it, and if there is a product that does that nobody's asked me for it in five years of working in this industry. They're like, I want to know if my kid's pissing in the pool, you know, like what's so the, you could be, so somebody could be extra pissed off at their kids. On a oh, daily dude. Basis. Yeah. What if it backfires? You know, they find, out it's, the it. mom. They find out it's the mom like, ah, <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. No wonder you go through swimsuits so often. Oh. <laughs> it's graphic isn't it it's it's disgusting you know what? i follow i like, I like to think i'm i think think we're above that you know you've heard you've heard the jokes i say i try to keep it highbrow highbrow thigh i, I keep it thighbrow yes those are some very low brows highbrow yeah their thighs are down low <laughs> yeah that's an alarming idea <laughs> yeah yeah and then like how would they emote you know what i mean would they raise when they're like expecting something or excited like it would dislocate and, their hip and like move it upward like a little bit of, i don't know well there's some high thigh brows buddy that's <laughs> like some blade runner look that's not that's some weird shit just like a, i saw uh, that movie too young i saw that movie too young blade runner and the scene with the little robots in the apartment and they come out or whatever that stuck with me and uh, I, yeah, I think I stayed up way too late for a long time after that movie. It's like, ain't nobody coming around the corner for me. <laughs> I, what's a, that, that's the kind of movie I like, though. I think it sticks with you. Because I still it, remember uh, going to the movies and seeing, like, Blair Witch and stuff like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah dude. It's so yeah. funny. Like, the movie was, was, a... the movie was so, so, as far as horror movies go. As but, far as uh, it stacks up, but in the moment, it took us over. Oh, people's yeah. reaction to it was fucking bold. I love that. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember... Like the motion sickness thing? Did you, uh, did you ever... Did you get to fucking see any of that? Did you go to the movie theaters and see it? No, no. Which Wait, wait. Blair Witch or what? Yeah, the first one? Yeah, I did see the first one actually in theaters. I was too young to see it, I think, and I like I snuck in. I remember seeing in the news that uh, people were getting motion sickness and they were like uh, throwing up from it. And I was like, what? "Ah, that's stupid! That's re that's that's silly." Oh, oh, from the fact that it's first person or whatever, yeah, like the, the cameras style. moving everywhere and stuff. 
And yeah. uh, I was like, that's stupid. Nobody, that doesn't happen to anyone. That's not real. And then yeah. when we were leaving the movie theater, there was a big old puddle. Like someone just lost it when they were running out of there. Like, okay. oh, yes, God. Well, goddamn. <laughs> what do you so, know? <laughs> you know, like the the fat kids that the South Park crew turn into on that World of Warcraft like yeah. episode, and they turn all fat, like, yeah, bathroom, like that. Ah. Okay. So that person in their 30s to early 40s, maybe less in just way worse shape and health, like a very large, roundish person. I saw a different movie, and it was when Blair Witch 2 was coming out, and I was, like, outside of the movie theater with my friends, and this dude walks up to the banner outside on the theater wall and sees the Blair Witch 2 thing, and he's like, why, God? Why? And he just, like, fully, like, yelled a primal scream of why. Yeah, that shit got horrible. Clearly, movies mean a lot to him. Did you, have you gotten a chance to see any of the ones after that? I had no motivation. They're horrible. Uh, they're they're fantastically horrible. <laughs> nah, dude. I have I have trouble with uh, I don't know. Like when when a series sets a bar at a certain point, you know, like I have a problem staying with it. You know, it's like if it dips, I'll be like, okay, you get a sequel to dip, and then if you bring it back with number three. I'm with you, but like, <laughs> not gonna stick with a franchise just for the name. You know what I mean? Oh, there's some horrible stuff. Up. It's, it's mad. Oh, I gotta send you a link. I gotta hit up one of my friends. If you're into some weird stuff, there's a a short film. It's a Spanish, like Spain, Spain, uh, Spanish short film about a documentary crew that goes out to the rainforest for a shoot and ends up like disrespecting the land or something. Oh. And bananas. No, Animal Holocaust. No, not that one. Check oh, this out. Really? And the twist. Here's the twist. This is why it's better than Cannibal Holocaust or uh, Green Inferno or any of those. Is because what happens when they disrespect the land is actual bananas come and start killing them and murdering them in all sorts of different ways. Bananas. Like, you know, for scale. You know? And and that not only do they kill the crew, they feel such disrespect for the land, they go and create a banana apocalypse. It's fucking just, it's amazing. It's, I'll look it up and I'll amazing. send you the link. Yeah, yeah, I got to talk. amazing, Corey. Yeah, I got I to gotta send you the light, the word, and the way to banana. Is it called banana? I don't know. It's a Spanish indie film, but I got to hit up my buddy. He had like some There was a of... movie I wanted to suggest to you just now, but at the end of that description, my memory is white. And I, I... As you can see, I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll get you the link for sure, and then you can share it with your the followers. The process is not working. <laughs> Dude, it's a good one, honestly, and like it caught me like so off guard. My buddy had seen it before and I just like randomly caught up with him. I was like, Hey, you know, whatever. We were like, you know, chilling, burning. And uh, he's like, do you got time to chill? And when, when your friend says that somebody you've known for a long, long time, you're like, unless you actually have something to do, you got time to chill. The last thing I expected was to witness a banana, like Armageddon zombie apocalypse, like kind of thing. And, uh, I, you know, I understand why Spain and, like, Catalonia want to 
to have that separation, but uh, I don't think it's going to save him against bananas. Bananas. <laughs> oh, this is what it was. That's uh, that takes the that takes the cake on everything. Yeah, the only thing I got close is I used to go to Comic Con. I went for like a decade straight, every year, and one of those times around. I, I was really into finding uh, like pirated horror movies and like B movies and shit like that. I was going down this aisle and I saw this girl, this actress that was all dressed up like a, like a murderer, a sci-fi murderer okay. kind of thing. I went over to check it out. It was this thing called Murder Disc. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. And I'm looking at the description. Wow, that sounds trippy. It was about a, a movie that people watched it and they somebody kill, comes out and kills them, kind of like the ring, but more, but even gorier, like an underground horror movie. So yeah, like, oh, that okay. sounds awesome. I'll buy that. Take it home. Get a picture with the actress chick that's in the at the booth. Uh, go home, watch this movie, and it turns out to be like, uh, it's like soft core horror porn. <laughs> All right. So do you it's feel fucking, like you it's gnarly? Do you feel like you? underpaid or overpaid i feel like i underpaid yeah okay because at one point there's a very uh, there's there's a fantastic there's wonderfully graphic sex scenes followed by even more horrifically graphic murder scenes oh like b movie level yeah yeah like at one point uh this this chick uh she she has sex with a guy and then after she's done with him, you know, she uh, she uses a hammer and then kills him. Oh, oh like a but at, but at one style point, move. But at one point, uh, it's it's obvious. She's not hitting a human anymore. That they went out and bought like a side of fucking meat from a butcher. And she's just hitting uh, it with a hammer now. Like it's not even fucking, they're not, it, they didn't have the money or they didn't even want to try. Oh. Uh. No, dude. But it was like one of it was like one of the favorite movies I had in my movie collection for the longest time, just because of shit like that. And uh, yeah. somebody ended up borrowing it and never bringing it back. So, dude, I'm gonna be honest, man. I so like I've seen a few B movies that I honestly can't really remember the name of. You know, like uh, there's some crazy stuff like Nazi surfer stuff, whatever. Some oh. crazy bullshit, but um. <laughs> But um, the one that got me that I could not because the gore was too much or whatever was a uh, hobo with a shotgun. Have I you still seen haven't that one? seen that. Dude, it's rough in one scene where they go to like a go-kart place or whatever. And I'm not going to ruin it because it is one of those things where if you're into special effects, I'm sure you'll appreciate it. And I could appreciate it too. But it was just like they did such an effective job of making it visceral, dude. It was just like, <laughs> I'm I'm good, thank you. <laughs> I love that stuff, dude. Because yeah. I mean, in comparison to regular movies, like say, uh, Man on Fire, like Denzel Washington, you know, All right. that's not half as gory. But there's people blowing up and shit like that. But you don't really see anything. However, yeah. when you go and watch a B movie, like a Trauma Pictures kind of uh, movie, they they yeah. they show it on uh, such a level. You think it's campy, but if you uh, were to see the shit in real life, it's a lot closer <laughs> to to real shit. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's the goal of a lot of the effects like groups out there is they really want to like nail it, you know? Which worries I mean, me because like, if I if I ever come across like or have to deal with anything, I'll be like, <laughs> oh, that looks fake. <laughs> yeah. Well my thing is like I the kind of gore that I like is I would say on the plane of the the theater scene in Adam's family when the two kids chop each other's like arms off or whatever in the play or like Kill Bill in like the fight in the 88 or whatever, you know? And so like, that's the kind of gore that I can get behind. Uh, Like I trained martial arts for a really long time. So I love the idea of like over the top, like, like kills or whatever, you know, it's like, ah, the head got kicked off. Like that doesn't happen, but it's hilarious. Especially if it's like a fountain, like, you know, like going out, like, I don't know. Like, but whenever I see like what you're talking about, the trauma style, like, and like a head goes, like you know, I'm just like, oh, dude. I uh, love that shit. Yeah, I, I can get down with some good horror movies, but sometimes they'll just get me, man. What's like, uh? I think uh, one of the best ones I've seen is some called a uh, Rawhead Rex. You ever seen that? God, no. But I remember. Uh, no, there was a 90s movie with something Rex or whatever. <laughs> remember what I'm talking about with Whoopi Goldberg or whatever? Or one oh, of the... Dinosaur? Dinosaur. Everybody walked a dinosaur. Everybody on the floor. <laughs> that one, yeah. Oh, horrible movies are so fun. <laughs> oh, dude, I tried to watch it like probably five People or six years ago. <laughs> dude, couldn't do it, man. I can still watch <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, but I can't watch Dinosaur. <laughs> live that movie fucking a yeah uh award-winning actors pretending to be video game characters it's yeah dude john leguizamo dude crushed it i've seen him uh i've seen him twice now uh live Live? yeah and watch him do his thing and then uh, go to watch like mario brothers it's nice. It's an amazing, an amazing thing. Dude, so yeah, I'd love to see him live. So the next show you got coming up is uh, Oceanside, you say, right? Oceanside Brewing? Yeah, Oceanside Brewing Company. We're going to be over there August 29th, um, 730 to 9. Um, and it's a $20 ticket. includes your first beer and an appetizer from the food vendor. Um, I don't have confirmation on who's going to be there yet, but I'm guarantee it's going to be good because uh, the brewery has a, a big network of food trucks that come through. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, you know, more intimate being that it's going to be a smaller crowd. Um, before everything popped off with COVID, we were, you know, I remember we were getting close to having like, you know, full occupancy in that place, you know, like we had like count like, 90 something people on our biggest show outside you know and that was like a big deal for us you know anytime you get past you know 100 you start looking like ah oh, we need to you know room to grow or whatever you know yeah, so, a couple of times i uh, got to do it it was a really 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 good crowd man. thanks a yeah. lot too, by the way that was a fucking fun crowd you guys and attract dude, especially so, with that food mm, so good. yeah yeah i think joey was cooking when you were there Joey uh, Rojas, maybe. But uh, you oh, performed I, I, inside. Oh. You performed at the inside stage and the outside stage, right? Yeah, and uh, 
I was going to say, man, it's, it's got to be on the up and up with that stage because that's more than enough distance between the performer and that audience, especially uh, if you're doing the whole fucking half-occupancy thing and all that. Yeah, no, I, I really feel like it's going to be easy. It's just a matter of like, okay, we're going to sanitize the mic when the host comes up every time. We're going to, you know, wear a mask until you get on the stage, whatever, you know. It's like when you're stationary, like the, the best rule I've heard in a restaurant is when you're sitting there at your table and you're stationary, you can eat, you can drink your beer. As soon as you get up, put your mask back on. It seems so simple. And I feel like it's just one of those things where once we adopt it, like culturally and just assume that, you know, it, it won't even be a question of us operating anymore because we naturally assume a certain amount of risk in our lives by doing that. And if we not only wear masks, properly sanitize, uh, are conscious of those more vulnerable in our population, the elderly, the sick, people with conditions, you know, like that's the thing, you know, if you come to this show, right, and you have any concern in your mind about anything, then you know like don't go see somebody that is vulnerable you know or like i don't know but like that's my thing is like everybody there should be in good health or don't come everybody there should live in a household where everything is on the up and up or don't come you know and i'm the like this is weird because i'm a show promoter i'm somebody producing a show and one of the biggest things that i have to consider right now is who gets to go right like I could mass like send it out and whatever and like put a lot of attention on the show and get whoever to show up. But if I direct market this thing out to um, it's 35 tickets, you know, like it goes back to the grind of like walking, like you remember not in this exact example, but I used to promote for like DJ sets and shows. Right. And I would try to sell tickets outside of the bars and whatnot. Yeah, and I see the dudes who work madhouse trying to sell stuff outside or promote for the show or whatever. You know, and that's what, that's the big change for me is like, I used to just say, okay, I'm going to structure a marketing campaign and I'm going to distribute it through social media and I'm going to get it as big as I possibly can. And if I need to invest some of my own money into it, then I will, whatever, because I care about it. Right. And now that isn't so much on the table in my mind out of the level of responsibility I feel for doing this right. So it's like, I'm going to market to all the people who already frequent Oceanside Brewing Company. I'm going to market it to all the people that I know within the San Diego area. I specifically made the choice to not get a comic from outside of San Diego for this show, right? I'm keeping our circle small in this beta that I'm doing so that I can stand behind it, knowing that I've done everything in my power to adhere to what health officials are suggesting, you know? And that's the fucking plan, man. And I'm going to go for it. And if they ask me to shut down and I got to pay everybody back, I'm going to fucking do that. But my, my hope is that people will see through the bullshit and that the people in our area will let this show go on understanding that we went above and beyond what the general request of a business would be. The, I went and I checked out one in LA, an outside show with a, uh, same day went and finally checked out one of how they do the outside mics and stuff like that. Uh, thankfully, got to talk, go with a friend of mine that runs it, uh, Carol. And, nice. you know, I don't see anything wrong with that shit. Like, honestly, uh, outside shows, it's free flowing air if people are. I 
can't understand any reason to not let that stuff go on unless people get uh, overconfident and they like pack yeah. it out. Maybe that could be a concern for the health officials or whatever bullshit. But uh, other than that, you know, it looks like on the up and up and it seems fine. So yeah. I commend you for bringing comedy back to Oceanside, to helping people that are drinking laugh just a little bit more than they probably would have anyway. <laughs> Dude, honestly, yeah. And that, you know, they have great beer there too, I'm going to be honest. Like, I worked there for a year, so I'm a little biased because I was basically able to, like, nurse myself on beer, like, daily when I was working there. Don't tell. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it's just a good spot. And just like you were saying, it's, like, big, it's open. The stage is large and far away from the crowd. Um, dude, I just comedy, man. We need to laugh, man. Like, everybody, like, okay, here's my thing on people who are too sensitive. It's that they don't understand that a big portion of comedy is a mechanism for us to deal with things that are hard to talk about or challenging and emotionally, like, mess with us, you know? Yeah. And so when we switch it, you know, like I know that I had a lot of stuff in my ego and my psyche that made comedy work for me, you know, like I, it would help me transition like a situation where I might get freaking jumped by the local freaking people in my area and makes the right person laugh. And then all of a sudden I'm good. You know, they're like, you know, that fool's funny. He's, he can chill, you know? And like, that's kind of why I fell into comedy and loved comedy and making people laugh is not just, yeah, we're all comics with a gigantic hole, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's also the fact that like connecting with people, dude, and like that's relating funny. and all the things that comedy brings us in a time where people are just so isolated and shut in and like everybody's stifling each other because our home lives are just like, I'm, I'm wake up, talk to my kid, come home, talk to my kid, have a couple seltzers and then go to bed, dude. Like other than that, like I'll, sometimes I'll stay up and I'll write if I get a good idea. Um, but I don't go out, bro. Like going to this show and putting this show on is one of the only times I'm freaking going out, bro. Yeah. I'm serious. It's like, I'm taking this quarantine seriously as anybody, man. And I, I know that it's doable. I know that people want this too. That's the thing is people want to go out. People want an opportunity to step the fuck out for a day, have a beer and feel as though that we're going to get through this. Yeah. People need to, uh, people need comedy to help deal with it. Like I said, man, both comic and audience, the audience is going to be able to relate with whatever that comic's going to say up there, because it's going to be timely no matter what. That's just how the mind of a comic usually works. There's a lot of timely shit, because we're all living the same thing right now and having to deal with this shit. So, hearing yeah. comedy... Dude, before we get off, I gotta, I gotta get serious. I gotta grab the screen. I gotta grab the screen. Okay. How do you feel about COVID jokes, bro? I gotta ask you, how do you feel about jokes related to the current health crisis? Because Jesus, do I have a lot of them, man. And it's like, I love people. I don't wanna hurt anyone's feelings. I know a lot of people have been affected by this with their family members and what have you. But I'm also a sick dude where like, even if something happened to my family, 
I would see, oh, well, that was clever. Uh, you know, like, and I'd be like, okay, at least for a second, I laughed at it and I didn't feel bad, you know? Yeah. But that's where, that's how comedy is my mechanism. What do you think? Yeah, that's a defense mechanism, man. That's how I fucking uh, used to cope with shit when I was a kid. Find ways to yeah, laugh yeah. at it. And that's what you do now. And that kind of shit helps other people. So I don't see anything wrong with comedy shows being outside that you're trying to fucking appease the department of whatever's. So that seems like the perfect way to do it. I think all fucking comedy is funny. If it's funny, it's funny. Yeah. Unless it's like, I mean, like uh, trying too hard. I hate that. My thing is like, don't, don't attack with it. And also in small group settings, like say, say it was me, you and like 10 of our mutual friends. And I know that like, somebody's chick has like an assault or something that recently happened. I'm not going to do a joke relating to that. If I know that somebody I, or like somebody in my circle is sensitive to that. And in a group setting in a comedy club, we don't have that luxury to know where people's buttons are, you know, but also in that larger setting of a whole club, it's not your job to cater to everybody's sensitivities, you know? And so that's why, like, I really hope that we get on the other side of this and we can reopen places like Madhouse and ACC and we can get into those, those rooms where we can say shit and laugh at shit that like, dude, putting the house lights down changes people, bro. It really does. People do uh, really pay attention to that light going down. Dude, it's like the it's this like we're talking about permission, bro. If you bring those house lights down, you give people permission to laugh, it changes the whole atmosphere in the room. And then uh, the lights come down, and right when they hear "ladies and gentlemen," we'd like to thank you for attending this generic comedy club here in San Diego, California. Now, please put your hands yeah. together if you're ready to laugh at a comedy show one time for your hosts. Corey from <laughs> Madman Riojas. <laughs> and I'll be like, ah, oh, somebody finally pronounced my name properly. <laughs> then all of a sudden, like, ludicrous plays and you dance your way on the stage and stuff like that. Uh, twerk, sir. I will handstand twerk it on the stage like that lady in the baby video. <laughs> <laughs> all the more reason to book you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, Corey, uh, thank you very much for uh, spending this little bit of time with us and telling us about the show coming up on August 29th. This will be out way before then, so hopefully it gets the word out just a little bit more to fill up those seats just a little bit faster so uh, we can get a little bit uh, of a crowd for you for the jokey yeah. joke ha-has over there in Oceanside. It's going to be a great show, dude. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for chatting and like you know, just having a good podcast wrap with me, dude. It's fun. No problem, man. Hey, uh, where can people find you on the social medias? Uh, just look up The Stand Up Loner uh, for my direct if you want to follow me for my comedy or see any. I do poetry and stuff like that. Or uh, Ever Loving Comedy is the business page for the shows. Uh, look that up. Uh, I will be Forever Loving Comedy. I hope you do too, man. Of course, man. One of the reasons I love you, buddy. Thanks again. You take care of yourself. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, make sure and be careful out there. Uh, later, Tommy.
That was Corey Riojas of Oceanside Brewing Comedy Shows. Make sure and check out all of his upcoming shows and events on the internets, Facebooks, Twitters, Instagrams, all that good stuff. As well as make sure and check out my friends at dadselixir.com. They're doing amazing things with THC and CBD infused tinctures and whatnots. Also check out 40 Ounce to Funny virtual shows and coming back soon, I promise, live shows. So until then, be good to each other, be good to yourself, and overall, just don't be a dick.